Hey guys, it's Timmy, and this is Wrestling Unlimited, as it's Monday, and this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. As far as today's show does go, we will do our AEW Collision Review. Couldn't do it this past weekend. It was my son's birthday on Saturday. We did a big old birthday party with him at my mom's house. We had a 14-foot water slide and everything. It was fun. It was cool. It was great. So, I watched the show. But I wasn't able to do a review of the show, if that all makes sense. If you guys saw my videos on Saturday from in front of my mom's house, you guys know I wasn't home. I wasn't home. Anyways, we're going to talk about Collision. We're going to talk about CM Punk and what people think of him being backstage for the last couple of weeks. How many tickets has All Out, or All In, I mean, really sold? It's not 75,000. One match has been pulled from tonight's Raw, maybe. WWE is going back to Saudi and so much more because, again, this is the wrestling wrap-up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. Today, we do have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine-ish stories to talk about. And remember, you can watch this show a bunch of different ways, whether you're watching live, watching later, or listening on podcast services. Remember, you can watch live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. Watch live or later on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Or listen on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one. Of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription. Or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember if you have Amazon Prime. Then you have Prime Gaming. All you got to do is take that Amazon Prime account. Take that Twitch account. Link them together. Bada bing bada boom. You're Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games. Free stuff for games. And you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, remember to head over to YouTube and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, claiming the free games, or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use our code right here, PWUnlimited, at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Pre-ordering Assassin's Creed Mirage? Pre-ordering Ratchet & Clank, A Rift Apart? Claiming the free game, Grime? Tinge of Terror, or trying to get that brand new, um, my mind just went blank, that brand new Optimus Prime or Optimus Primal skins within Fortnite, well then use our code P-W-U-M-L-I-M-I-T-E-D at checkout and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, use this code for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases on your P PC, your PlayStation, your Xbox, your Nintendo Switch, or even your uh, mold device, depending on what you're playing. But with that, we got a lot of news to talk about. And we're going to kick this off talking AEW Collision. We are getting some breaking news actually coming in right now. Breaking news from Fightful. So we're going to start with this. We're going to start with this breaking news. Let me do some rearranging. We will start with this breaking news, and then we will talk collision and get into all the other news we were going to talk about. But this is big pertaining to tonight's Monday Night Raw. So let's shift some things around. 
So tonight on Monday Night Raw, we were supposed to see a match where WWE announced last week that we would get Becky Lynch versus Zoe Stark. Then when you go to WWE's website today, the match ain't listed. The match is gone. The match is not there. And honestly, okay, cool. Things happen and get shifted around and not advertised all the time. Whatever. It's WWE. Yet, we got a new report from Sean Ross Sapp over at Fightful and Worked Wrestling, both stating that Becky Lynch suffered some sort of an injury and is not currently cleared to compete. Work Wrestling first sent out of the tweet stating, actually, let's pull these up on the screen. Let's pull these up on the screen for you guys so you can actually see them, and I'm not just reading whatever. So Worked Wrestling, let's pull this up, first tweeted out this. Becky Lynch has suffered an injury and is currently waiting to be cleared. As a result, Becky Lynch versus Zoe Stark will not be taking place on WWE Raw. Sean Ross Sapp would then send out a tweet stating, Regarding Becky Lynch versus Zoe Stark being pulled from WWE's website, well, it was never even on the rundown. I've been looking at that rundown since about 6 o'clock Pacific time this morning, maybe 7. It was never on the rundown today. And WWE didn't have anything on as far as a rundown yesterday. So, it wasn't even pulled. It was never put up there. Regardless. Anyways, he says, We're told Becky Lynch isn't cleared at the moment, but that can change. The injury isn't major, and the match could end up being added back to the show or moved. So there we go. Becky Lynch has suffered some sort of an injury. Now, did Becky work this weekend is the big question. Go check your cage match and see if Becky actually had a match this weekend or not. Matches. Becky has not worked since... So Becky has not had a match since rest, not WrestleMania, Money in the Bank. She appeared on Raw last week, but her last match was Money in the Bank. So I don't know if maybe she was injured in Money in the Bank or something else. But as of right now, Becky Lynch is not, and I repeat, not cleared to compete for tonight's Raw in her match against Zoe Stark. Again, Sean Ross Sapp says that the match could get added back. She could get cleared before the show starts, but it's not looking good. That's not good for one Becky Lynch, the man. And we'll keep you guys updated throughout the day if we do hear anything else on Becky Lynch's condition. But as far as what else we got to talk about, let's run down, review, and recap. Last Saturday night's AEW collision. Almost said dynamite. Almost said dynamite. So the show opens up and we get the, you know, Elton John song, Fighting's Good on a Saturday Night or something, whatever the song's called. And out comes CM Punk in street clothes. And I go, okay, Punk opening the show. So Punk's going to open and close the show. Cool, because we knew that Punk-Joe match was main eventing. We knew that Punk-Joe match was main eventing. Anyways, Punk comes out and interestingly cuts his entire promo pacing ringside. Just walking back and forth, back and forth, back. I'm like, this guy ever going to get in the ring? I guess not. He just keeps going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Whatever, it was different. Cool. Got a positive reaction this week, which was different as well. Punk says that this history with Joe makes their match feel like it's the final. The final match of a tournament. But at the same time, he can't think like that because he's not going to overlook either Powerhouse Hobbs or absolute Ricky Starks because one of them will be making it to the finals. And when he beats Joe, he'll have to face one of them. Punk says that he's got scars and chipped teeth because of the wars he's been in with Samoa Joe. But 
history would be made tonight because of the name of Owen Hart. He says, this is not about me. This is not about Joe. This is not about anybody else. This is about honoring Owen, Owen Hart. He says that if it wasn't for Owen, most of that locker room probably wouldn't be there today because Owen inspired so many. He says that even though he's a hockey guy, he's not superstitious. He then touches the trophy. Says that he is not going to just get this trophy. He is going to earn this trophy. Funk can't promise the victory tonight, though. But he promises to give it everything he has for the fans and for Owen as he, well, leads the crowd in an Owen chant. Now, remember going into this match, Funk and Joe have had just some amazing, classic bangers back 20 years ago in Ring of Honor. And Punk lost all of them. Punk has never beat Joe before, well, this past weekend. Kevin Kelly then threw it to a video package detailing Samoa Joe and CM Punk's history in Ring of Honor and their trilogy of matches. Again, I wish this was so much longer. I wish this was so much more because there is so much history here. There is such a story you can tell. You can run... As Brian Alvarez has been harping on all of his podcasts this past week, you can run a full TV special on just the history of Samoa Joe and CM Punk and their big trilogy of matches from Ring of Honor. You could do a good regular TV show on TNT is 22 minutes, a 30-minute show. Actually, it runs 22 minutes. You can get a good 22 minutes of the history of Samoa Joe versus CM Punk and then end it with, Punk has never beat Joe. Could that all change this weekend? Or something like that. I don't know. Anyways, Joe in this package says that there's never been a day in Punk's life where he was better than Joe. Punk also says that he will beat Joe for the very first time. Now, speaking of that tournament, we did have the Owen Hart Cup semifinal match between Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. And, well, solid opener, but too much bullshit. I'm going to say that right now. Aaron Solo got involved. QT Marshall got involved. Johnny TV wasn't there. And Harley Cameron as well. And it was interesting because they're like, last week in the tournament, when he took on Dustin Rhodes, Hobbs had QT Marshall and Harley Cameron with him. But tonight, Aaron Solo was out here, which is different. And I go, oh, Aaron Solo is going to get beat up at some point. I knew it. Why would they make a point say, Aaron Solo wasn't here last week, but he is here this week? Because he going to take... Big ass Hobbs Spinebuster. Anyways, as far as the match does go, Hobbs overpowered Starks to start it off, but Starks was able to outmaneuver Hobbs and send him to the floor with the clothesline. Hobbs came back in the ring and laid Starks out with a lariat. Marshall then got involved, choking Starks while Hobbs had the referee distracted. Starks fought out of the corner and ran right into a back elbow from Hobbs. Hobbs eventually dropped Starks with a delayed vertical suplex. He sent Starks into the corner with a hard Irish whip, as we went to a picture-in-picture break. Hobbs held Starks in a bear hug as we came back from the commercial. Starks elbowed his way free, and he fired up, dropping Hobbs with a running clothesline. Hobbs then cut off a Rochambeau attempt and set, up for a, uh, set, up by driving, set it up by driving Starks into the corner and clubbing him with a bunch of clotheslines. Hobbs then took Starks to his shoulders and went to the top rope, but Starks slid down and took Hobbs down with the powerbomb for a near fall. Hobbs then ducked the springboard, and fought off, of, fought off a Tornado DDT, but Starks did take him down with a regular DDT anyways. Starks then set up for a spear, but Marshall clipped his leg. Hobbs then hit the spine buster, but the referee was dealing with Marshall on the apron and couldn't count the pin. Hobbs then told Marshall, get down. Basically like, stop, you're ruining this for me. But Starks bumped them both together, 
hit the spear, and picked up the win on Hobbs. So, instead of QT Marshall helping Hobbs win, he actually screwed Hobbs. This then now leads to Ricky Starks going to the finals next week in Calgary to face, well, as we now know, CM Punk. I thought after this match aired that there was the slightest of slights that Joe was winning that main event and going to the finals because they would do heel versus baby, not two babies. They're doing two babies now. But I, for a moment and for a while actually throughout the show, thought, oh, wow, Joe's going to beat Punk again. Joe's going to win. But he didn't. Anyways, we'll get to that later. After the match, though, QT tried to say he was sorry to Hobbs and plead his case. Hobbs shoved him in response. Aaron Solo then jumped in the ring, tried to defuse the situation. But nope, as I expected, he took a big old spine buster from Hobbs. Harley Cameron then jumped in to stop Hobbs from doing anything to QT. And he just kind of like stormed out of the ring. So Hobbs, whether this is his babyface turn or not, I don't think he's with QT anymore. I don't think... He and QTTV, or QTV, or whatever you want to say it, is the thing. <clears throat> kind of expected it for some reason. I just had a feeling. Again, especially with Aaron Solo out there. I'm just like, oh. Hobbs is going to get costed the win. And Solo's going to take the brunt of the frustration, which he did. Then got another Miro promo. Miro said that he was ready to fight anyone. He said that no one would force him. Off of his path. He said that there was a battle coming. And one we've been waiting for for a long time. And I'm like. Okay. Who? Who is this battle. We've been waiting for for a long time. Who is this that we've wanted Miro to fight for a long time? Who? I'd like to see him go back to WWE and fight Bob Lashley. But that's not going to happen anytime soon. We're not going to. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Get Bobby Lashley in AEW. But who, let me know if you guys know in the chat or the comments below or whatever, who the hell is Miro teasing that he's going to fight? He literally said, a battle is coming and it's one you've been waiting for. I don't know what with Miro I've been waiting. I've just been waiting for Miro to be back in a ring. I don't care who it's against. I just want to see Miro beating ass. Taking names. So before the show went on the air, we actually got the unfortunate news that Willow Nightingale was injured and could not compete in the tournament tonight. The match hopefully will take place next week on Rampage, technically Wednesday. Anyways, Willow's being interviewed in the back, says she's not medically cleared, and now would come Athena, or in frame, would come Athena. Athena accused her of faking the injury to avoid loss, noting that Nightingale lost her strong title in Japan. Athena also says that you have, you have um, stripped me of the right here tonight to make my collision debut. Nightingale said that she wanted the match. She hopes that she can take her take this match to Rampage next week. She says she also wants to challenge Athena for the ROH Women's World title once she beats her in the tournament. Athena said if Nightingale made it to Rampage and beat her, sure, she'll give her a title shot. So maybe at, um, what's the next one? Not Death Force Honor, is it? What's the next ROH pay-per-view? Uh, oh, crap. Uh, it is Death Before Dishonor. So maybe at Death Before Dishonor, we could be seeing Athena versus Willow for the ROH Women's title. We got a video package hyping up Blood and Guts. The match takes place not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday. 
We then had um, Julia Hart versus Bambi Hall. Never heard of Bambi Hall before. Hall did use her size, though, as an advantage to take Hart down, but Hart tripped Hall on a drop down and clubbed her. Also, I've been thinking about this. Ain't it a shame that Julia Hart is not in the Owen Hart tournament? Just saying. Um, it was here the commentary noted the next week's collision will be followed by a live episode of Battle of the Belts, which we already knew, which means we're getting three hours of AEW on TV next week in a row. Hart then hit a chop block before locking on the rings of Saturn and picked up the victory. Uh, Malachi Black got a promo saying that Andrade didn't become who he was until he lost his mask. Black says that Andrade holds onto his mask like a child holding onto his teddy bear. He wants Andrade to show the world how great he truly is. Well, this is an interesting one. Very interesting one. We know Malachi Black and Andrade are actually friends in real life. And so I like that they're working together here on Collision and whatnot. But I don't know where this is leading to. Is this just going to lead to a Malachi Black versus Andrade match? Also, is Malachi Black saying that he didn't become who he is? Well, it's exactly what he's saying, actually. He didn't become who he is until he lost his mask. When did he lose his mask? Well, he had a loser leave uh, a mask, mask match in um, Mexico right before he went to WWE. And so, yeah, found himself in WWE. Lexi Nair was backstage with Andrade and asked him what his mask actually means to him. Andrade said that he's not a coward like Black, though. He doesn't hide. He says that his mask represents himself, his family, his culture, and his people. When his mask is on, it's time for business. When he takes it off, it's time to fight. So basically, the mask hypes him up right before he's ready to go. Then, a great tag match. A great tag match. It was an eliminator tag. The titles weren't on the line, but it was FTR against Bullet Club Gold, Juice Robinson, and Jay White. This match, as the kids say, humped. This is good. Really good. The White started it off with Dax, and Harwood forced White to the ropes. Robinson and Wheeler tagged in, with Wheeler vaulting Robinson to the floor and forcing him to tag out. Wheeler avoided a double team, with Harwood coming to the ring to drop both White and Robinson with German suplexes as we went to a picture-in-picture -picture break. White then sent Harwood into the buckle as we came back from said break. Robinson tagged in and sent Harwood into the buckles chest first before hitting a snap suplex for a near fall. Harwood dropped Robinson with a back elbow before tagging out and assisting Wheeler with a leg drop for a near fall. Wheeler drop uh, Wheeler's drop kick scored him another near fall. Robinson and Wheeler traded chops before Robinson bit Wheeler's forehead. Robinson went to the top, but Wheeler took him down with a Manhattan drop. Wheeler hit 10 punches in the corner, but Robinson sent him to the floor with a stun gun. White then dropped Wheeler's stomach first onto the apron to firmly take control. The Bullet Club team worked over Wheeler's midsection. White then spat on Harwood before locking on a Muda lock, but Harwood chopped White to break it up. White sent Harwood into the barricade, allowing Wheeler to fight back. Wheeler then caught White in a small package, but Robinson had the referee's attention. White then suplexed Wheeler in the corner to retake the advantage. Wheeler fought free and made the tag, but Harwood was fighting off Robinson, so no tag was made. Harwood got knocked off the apron, forcing Wheeler to fight two-on-one. White low-bridged Wheeler to the floor as we went to a commercial break. Back from the break, Wheeler dodged a corner charge before finally getting the tag to Harwood, who ran wild on the BCG. Harwood then caught White with a small package before dropping him with the Brain Buster for a near fall. The crowd starts chanting, 
This is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. Uh, Harwood brought White to the top rope. Robinson headbutted Harwood down, but Wheeler dropped Robinson with a side suplex in the ring. Harwood then got back to the top rope, hitting a powerplex alongside Wheeler for a close near fall. FTR then set up the spike pile driver, but White sent Harwood to the floor. Robinson hit Wheeler with a left hand to God, setting up for the Blade Runner. FTR blocked it, but Robinson broke up a shatter machine attempt. FTR then hit the spike pile driver for a near fall on Robinson. Or no, on, on White, but Robinson broke it up. Robinson then tagged in, but White got the blind, blind tag. Juice, Juice Box was hit into a Blade Runner and scored a near fall. Crowd kindly started chanting, fight forever. Like, fight forever. Like, it wasn't a, a loud fight forever chant, but it was there and it was pretty good. There's a Pier 4 brawl that broke out, ending in Harwood, hitting a rebound powerbomb on White for a near fall. Harwood hit a sliding uppercut for another near fall. Wheeler took out Robinson, but White dropped Wheeler in a blade runner. Harwood and White exchanged chops and forearms before Robinson tagged in blindly. Harwood then rolled up White, not realizing Robinson had made the tag. That allowed Robinson to hit the face buster and pick up the win to earn themselves a future shot at the titles. As we learn later, two out of three falls next week. So we get Sean Spears in a video package here, highlighting his time as, quote, the chairman. Christian then noted that Spears would get a title match next week at Battle of the Belts against, well, Luchasaurus. That match will be taking place next week. Luchasaurus defending the TNT title against Sean Spears. And it's like, anybody could just get a title match in AEW, even if you've been gone forever. Like, when was Sean Spears' last actual... A Spear Spears? Sean Spears' cage match. Sean Spears. They took on the Blade last week on Rampage. Worked a couple of house. So, trying to see when his last televised AEW match was. Back in April. He teamed with Ricky Starks against Bullet Club Gold. Back in April. For that, he hadn't wrestled an AEW match. Wow. Okay. So, Ricky Starks had two matches. Not Ricky Starks. I'm looking. He teamed with Ricky Starks. So, Sean Spears had two matches for AEW on television back in April. Before that, hadn't worked an AEW match since October. Mid-October. Holy crap. I mean, even before that, hadn't worked a match since the cage match against MJ, no, against Wardlow in May. So, yeah. What the hell, guy? You just don't want to work? They don't want to put you in match? I don't know what's going on. But he's going to face Luchasaurus next week for the title. Whoopee. Who cares? He didn't earn it. After a commercial break, Tony Schiavone was in the back with FTR, although they were quickly interrupted by Bullet Club Gold. Jay White noted that they had beaten FTR twice now, two separate weeks, because they won the eight-man, I think it was, and then they won this week. So they want to beat them again, but twice in one night. They challenged FTR to a two out of three falls match next week, and FTR did accept. So next week's collision is shaping up to be a big show. We got this two out of three falls tag title match. We got the finals of both the men's and women's tournaments, so it's going to be a big show, and hopefully next week's collision does a, does good. 
We also got uh, this past weekend on Collision, Scorpio Sky making his big in-ring return, taking on Action Andretti. Um, Andretti kept up with Sky on the mat until he ducked down, uh, and Sky missed a back. No, Andretti kept up with Sky on the mat until he ducked down for a back body drop. When Sky jumped up and hit a double stomp on Andretti's Andretti's back. After a commercial break, Andretti was Andretti was uh, fighting out of a chin lock and firing up on Sky. Andretti hit a dive to the floor. Back in the ring, Sky avoided a springboard 450, but ran into a Spanish fly for a close near fall. Andretti then hit a shotgun dropkick, but hit Sky's knee on a split-legged moonsault. Andretti then caught Sky with a roll-up out of a TKO attempt, but Sky kicked out and hit the TKO for the win. I love seeing Scorpio Sky back. I've always been a big proponent of Scorpio Sky, back to his um, SoCal Uncensored days. or uh, I think that's what they were, SoCal Uncensored. Anyways. Yeah, SCU. That's what they were. Anyways, yeah. I hope we get more Scorpio Sky. I hope this isn't like, oh, he's here and there, sometimes, whenever. No. I hope, I hope, I hope he's more prominent now on Collision going forward. We're going to get a rundown of next week's Dynamite featuring the semifinals of the Blind Eliminator Tournament. Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen versus Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara. MJF and Adam Cole versus Big Bill and Brian Cage. Commander versus Chris Jericho. Ruby Soho versus Sky Blue in the Woman Hearts Memorial Tournament. And Nick Wayne against Swerve Strickland in his AEW debut. Speaking of collision next week, we've got the finals of both the men's and the women's tournament. Oh, and heart tournament, that is. FTR will take on Bullet Club Gold in a two out of three falls match with the AEW tag titles on the line. And then we had the match. The match we've all been waiting for. 20-some-odd years in the making with a big gap in between where the two weren't in the same company. It's CM Punk. It's Samoa Joe. It's the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament. My Facebook is going crazy. Why? I'm getting messages after messages after messages. Anyways. Turn that off. Anyways. Great match. I loved it. Finish kind of fell flat because all of a sudden I'm just like, oh, it's over. It's done. That's it. They wanted to keep Joe strong. And I'm going to give my prediction, my fantasy booking reason why I think they, even though in defeat, wanted to keep Joe still looking strong. I have a theory, a big theory. Joe and Punk started things off kind of slow with Punk avoiding chops and landing a few of his own. Joe locked on a knuckle lock, winning it before Punk uh, kicked free and chopped him again. Punk then locked on a headlock, calling back to their ROH trilogy, as I've been told. Punk then kept avoiding chops, but Joe walked out of, uh, walked out of the way of a crossbody before finally landing a chop to Punk's back and his chest. Joe hit yet another chop and kicked Punk down before dropping Punk with punches in the corner. Joe then dropped Punk with a back elbow. Joe went for a face wash in the corner, but Punk avoided it. Punk went to the second rope but Joe chopped him over the top to the floor as he went to a picture-in-picture break. Joe then knocked Punk down as he came back from said break. Joe locked Punk in a chin lock, but missed a knee drop as Punk tried to fire up. Punk hit a leg lariat and a rising knee as Joe caught him in a coquina clutch. Punk dropped him with the back suplex. Punk then hit another trio of rising knees. Punk then went to the top for the elbow drop and hit one for a near fall. 
Punk called for the whoop, Punk called for the go to sleep, but Joe took him down with a cross face. Punk did get to the ropes to break the hold, but Joe caught him with a snap power slam for a near fall. The crowd started chanting for Owen Hart as Punk caught Joe with a high kick for a near fall. Punk went to the top again, but Joe cut him off and went for the muscle buster. Punk fought out and dropped Joe with a neck breaker. He hit the go to he went for the go to sleep again, but it got avoided again. Punk then slipped out of a coquina clutch and just rolled Joe up to pick up the victory out of nowhere. Just all of a sudden just rolls him up. One, two, three. That's it. Just rolls him up. That's it. Like what? A what? But do we need to now know that next week in the finals of the Owen Hart Foundation men's tournament, Sam Punk will take on Ricky Starks. Now, after the match, Joe and Punk stare each other down. Crowd chants for Owen as Joe offers a handshake. Punk looked weary to accept it. Should he? Should he not? Should he? Should he not? And he shouldn't have because Joe snatches him up and puts him in a coquina clutch while shouting that Punk will never be better than Joe. Joe then grabbed a chair, but FTR would run down to the ring to stop Joe from, I guess you could say, attacking Punk with a chair. Ricky Starks then came out on the stage as FTR was checking on Punk. Theory time. Here's my theory. Here's what I think is going to happen. So Joe was fine coming out of this with a loss. Joe gets rolled up. Joe gets pinned. Punk goes to the finals. Well, I don't think Punk wins the finals. I think Punk loses to Ricky Starks because Samoa Joe costs him the match because Samoa Joe screws Punk out of the finals. With Punk saying how much this tournament means to him because how much Owen Hart means to him and how much paying tribute to Owen Hart means to him, Punk is going to be on the, or Joe's going to be on the war path. Joe is going to be looking for revenge and what better way to get revenge is to screw Punk out of winning the Owen Hart Cup tournament. Then, here we go. Then, I think this leads to Punk losing. Punk getting mad and challenging Joe to a match in Wembley at All In. And then we get a big, huge CM Punk for Samoa Joe match in Wembley. That's just my theory, my prediction. Haven't heard anybody say that for certain, that something like that can happen. But that's what I think is going to happen. Joe screws Punk in the finals, leading to Punk making the challenge and the two having a match at Wembley. I mean, that's going to be one of the biggest matches they can do especially with the history of them in ROH and their trilogy of matches. Punk has now beaten Joe, but Joe has still beaten him three times. Punk only once, and if you look at it, it was a fluke win. But that's what I think could happen. Overall, though, I did think this was a good episode of Collision. I really liked it, and I'm ready for next week. Next week's got a couple really good matches, big matches, important matches. We'll have to wait and see exactly how they all go. Now, speaking of AEW collision, as we get back to some news here on the wrestling wrap-up. Um, pull this up here. Fightful actually had a report and an update on what Warner Brothers Discovery will consider a success for this show. Noting that Warner Brothers Discovery were much more interested in the rankings than the particular number. Now, I hope I credit this right, but I think it was WrestleNomics actually put out um, like a chart of ratings as far as what the Saturday night movies were doing on TNT 
before they added Collision. And they were doing between 400 and 500,000 viewers. Well, what has Collision been doing? We don't know about this past weekend yet. At least I don't think. But what has Collision been doing, ratings-wise? Oh, the last show was like 450,000 viewers. So, is it, would, or would it behoove TNT to be paying all this money to AEW for a Collision show when it's significantly cheaper to just be like, all right, and tonight on TNT, Ocean's 13. Oh, and tonight on TNT, Captain America, Civil War. That's going to cost them significantly less money than what they're paying uh, Tony Khan and AEW for an episode of Collision. And if they're getting the same number of viewers, I don't know. But according to this, this report from Fightful, which ties this all together, the viewers is not what they're worried about. It's that 18 to 49 demo number. Warner Brothers Discovery executives expect Collision to rank high on Saturday nights, just like Dynamite does on Wednesdays. The report notes that the company are well aware that the fall months will be hard with college football coming up, but a top five ranking for the night would actually be considered a success for Warner Brothers Discovery with AEW Collision. So again, they're not worried about the number, the overall 450,000. 500... I got it written down right here, actually. 500 and... 95,000. They're not worried about that number. They're worried about whatever the 40, uh, 18 to 49 demo number is. Now, Collision's been around for about a month now. Doesn't feel like that long, but it has. And we got some news. Sources reveal CM Punk's reputation backstage after four weeks of AEW Collision. Obviously, Punk's return to being on TV continuously in both locker rooms, as we've seen, is a big topic of, uh, of discussion. But according to PW Torch, themes, things seem to be positive. According to a new report from PW Torch, sources state that Punk is taking his role as a locker room leader very seriously and is incentivized to, quote, repair his damaged reputation. The belief is that he's taking pride in the idea that Collision is, quote, his show, and he's, quote, putting his stamp on it both on and off screen. Of course, the positivity, positivity towards Punk isn't shared by everyone in the locker room, but overall, the response to him being, quote, being there, quote, is moving in the right direction. There were some issues after the very first week when he returned and took some digs at the Elite during his promo, but it seems to have died down since then. So with that, it seems like things are looking good for CM Punk backstage, and at least the people that are working with him on Collision are having a good time there with him. Now, the next big show AEW does have other than Blood and Guts, which is just a big dynamite. It's all in. All in in a Wembley Stadium. Some reports over the last couple of days have stated that they were at 74,000 tickets sold, with Dave Meltzer even stating that by the weekend, they'd probably be over 75,000. Yet that is not what Tony Khan is actually stating. Appearing on the Green Zone, Tony Khan was asked about the all-in Wembley ticket sale numbers, where Tony Khan actually stated the following, quote, it's about 70,000 tickets sold. 
for about $9 million US in ticket sales for that one show in London at Wembley Stadium. It's going to be a massive event. We are opening more seats up for that. Now, according to WrestleTix, they state that 88,000 seats are available, not available now to purchase, but overall have been opened up within the building. So they are looking to sell at least 88,000 tickets. Like that's how many tickets from the time tickets went on sale to now have been available. Now, we've gotten all these reports the last couple of days, 75,000, 75,000, 75,000, 75,000. Unless this podcast came out late from when it was recorded, Tony Khan's only saying 70. Tony Khan is not saying 75,000 because if it was actually 75,000, then that'd be a thing. But it's not. So now we have to wait and we have to see because this podcast itself did come out on July 7th, which was last Friday, when Dave Meltzer also was reporting 75,000. The day after, I think it was WrestleTix, said 74,000. So even if this podcast was filmed Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday of last week, there's no way they could have gone from 70,000 all the way to 75 in just a couple short days. Like, it's possible, but ticket sales have slowed, which, you know, was obviously known going to happen. And I don't say, I'm not saying they're not going to get to 75, but slow your rolls, jabronis. Everyone over here reporting 75, saying they know the number 75 or right shy of 75. Well, Tony last week said it was only at 70. So I'm going with Tony. But as we move off of AEW news, we got some WWE news to talk about. First off, WWE, they're going back to Saudi this year. WWE is returning to Saudi Arabia this November, according to multiple reports. As noted by multiple different outlets, first off, WrestleNomics, then confirmed by both Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer and Mike Johnson of PW Insider, WWE will be returning to Saudi Arabia on Saturday, November 4th. While not officially announced by the company, the event will likely be the annual Crown Jewel event, just like last year when it took place on November 5th. WWE in Saudi Arabia announced a 10-year agreement back in 2018 that called for the country to host two pay-per-views a year. Technically, it was only one, but then after the first one did well, they asked for two. So there we go. WWE will be returning to Saudi Arabia in November, which actually means there's going to be two premium live events in November. Saturday, November 4th in Saudi Arabia, and then, which was officially announced, Saturday, November 25th, Survivor Series from the All-State Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. Now, an upcoming episode of SmackDown is not going to be airing on Fox because of, well, the Women's World Cup, soccer man, soccer stuff, the Women's FIFA World Cup. FIFA Women, technically it's FIFA's FIFA Women's World Cup. And because of that, SmackDown will be moved to FS1 on July 21st. According to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer update, daily update, he states that the Friday, July 21st edition of Friday Night SmackDown will be airing on FS1 due to Fox's coverage of FIFA's Women's World Cup. The United States Women's National Team will be taking on Vietnam on at 9 p.m. Eastern with Fox airing the game live, which is weird and interesting because the whole thing is, well, uh, SmackDown can never have an overrun because um, 
We got news to 10, and we can't have anything supersede the news. Well, how long is a soccer match? An hour? Or is it longer? Because if it's longer, then they're going to supersede the news. Anyways, SmackDown on the 21st, which means not this Friday, but next Friday, will be airing on FS1. SmackDown was last bumped to FS1 on October 28th, 2022, due to Fox's coverage of the MLB World Series. Moving forward, we want to say congratulations to Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross graduated college. Actually, not just graduated college, but got her master's. WWE wrestler Nikki Cross has officially obtained her master's degree. In a tweet on Monday, Cross shared photos of her graduation ceremony at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland. Cross thanked her mother and her husband, wrestler Big Demo, for attending the ceremony with her. Pull these images up on the screen right here as she tweeted out the following. Woohoo! Graduation time. University of Edinburgh, graduation 2023. Big thank you to Mummy Cross and wonderful husband for coming today. And yes, I appreciate the olive green Harry Potter Slytherin colors. Well, there we go. Congratulations to Nikki Cross for obtaining her master's degree. Cross attended the master's program remotely while wrestling for WWE. Her degree is in history, and she wrote her dissertation on the history of women's wrestling. She submitted the dissertation this past May. She stated recently she got an A on it, and bada-bing, bada-boom, there we go. She had stated in a tweet back in June... How I sleep at night knowing I got an A in my history on my history dissertation and set to graduate in July with a master's in science with merit. Dr. Nikki is coming. And she posted a picture of Snorlax snoring. So again, congratulations, Nikki Cross. And our final news story of the day. Well, this past weekend was a wild one, a big one, an interesting one for independent wrestler Ashley DM Boyce. Because she, well, got engaged to and broke her ankle all in one weekend. Trey Miguel and Ashley D'Ambroise, well, had an eventful weekend. The couple got engaged in Paris, France on Saturday. Miguel posted video of his proposal. And D'Ambroise later showed off her engagement ring in front of the Eiffel Tower. However, though, Ambroise suffered a broken ankle the following day on a show for APC, Association Les Professionnels de Capache. I think I said that right, in Nantere, France. She was involved in a triple threat match against Selena and former NXT UK talent Amal, or Amale, on the show. Ambrose posted to Instagram stories on Sunday, thanking everybody for their support, stating, quote, Thank you to everyone who was there for me tonight. From the floor of the venue to the hospital bed, I can't express how much it means to me to, say so, to see so many people that have pulled together to help me. And then she says something in French. So yeah, there we go. I want to say congratulations to Trey Miguel and Ashley Dean Boyce, who have got engaged this past weekend, and then hopefully a speedy recovery as Ashley broke her ankle. But with that, guys, that's all we got for today's edition of the Wrestling Wrap-Up. Remember, tonight is Monday Night Raw, and on WWE's website, only five things are being advertised. So let's pull that up right here and tell you what those five things are. 
WWE is currently advertising. Cody Rhodes, oh, went too far. Cody Rhodes is set to deliver a special message to Brock Lesnar. Remember last week, Brock attacked him. Cody then said that he wants to fight Brock anywhere, anytime, and laid down the challenge. We're supposed to fight at SummerSlam. We also do know we're going to get a face-to-face between Logan Paul and Ricochet. Of course, actually, actually um, let's go down here. We're also getting the Alpha Academy graduation ceremony for Maxine Dupree. Yes, they'll be throwing a party for Max or Maxine. As far as action is concerned, tag team action, Drew McIntyre will be teaming up with Matt Riddle to take on Imperium's Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. And finally, in a no-disqualification match, we got Tommaso Ciampa against The Miz. Now, again, we were supposed to get Becky Lynch versus um, Zoe Stark, but Becky's apparently injured and not able to compete. So with that, if we do hear anything further pertaining to tonight's Monday Night Raw, we'll have it for you right here. Also, we will be reviewing this show tonight, myself and Luke. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here for the Wrestling Wrap-Up. Remember, you can watch this show a number of different ways. You can follow us on Twitch, follow us on YouTube, or listen on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. So with that, guys, we'll be back tonight for Monday Night Raw. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.